Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of Inside the Winner Circle here on the Win Life Podcast with Awilda Rivera. I am really pumped today because I have none other than Octavia Rahim with me here today. Yogi, sir, inspirer, empowerer of men and women near and far, holder of sacred space for people of color. Um, and just those who feel disenfranchised and marginalized, not an easy job, and she makes it look so easy. Thank you, Octavia, for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to talk to you. You are not only the co-owner of one of the coolest spaces to practice here in Atlanta, Sacred Show West, but you're also co-founder of Starshine and Clay Retreats, which are special places to gather for women and people of color. Um, you were just recently published in Yoga Journal, really taking a strong stand against reopening your business here, you know, during the COVID crisis and really standing up for really the values of, of yoga, protecting each other, oneness, nonviolence um, in the face of capitalism. So not even afraid to, to be an activist when it's unpopular and might cost you money. So that, that is really a superpower of yours, Octavia. I mean, has it always been this way? Have you always been this outspoken and determined? Um, my, my mama probably would say, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I am guided by a great sense of deep and fierce love for humanity and for myself and for my ancestors and for my people. And you know, clearly there, there is something that matters so much more than um, something far more valuable than money at stake in this moment. And so it is costing me in this one sense to stand where I stand and honor my values in the way that I am right now. Um, yet there's a greater cost that I'm not willing to pay, you know? So, right. And I, and I, <clears throat> um, yeah. And so I, ultimately I think the way we operate in the world comes back to what, what is our foundation and what is, what ground are we standing on and what is our deeper intention, you know? And if my deeper intention through my work of being a yoga teacher, studio owner, retreat leader, all these things is healing and wellness, how can I then um, put people in a space where they are risking healing, wellness, and health, <laughs> Mm, mm, mm. You know, so I, yes, and, so and, and I want to just pause on right there because already we've only been talking like three minutes and forty seconds, <laughs> and you've already dropped some really important knowledge on the listener, and I just want to run that back, which is whatever you're doing, 
right? If you're not guided by a deeper intention and if you're not aware of what that deeper intention mm-hmm. is, well, you'll be led just about anywhere. Yeah, you know, my my mother and grandmother would say you stand for something or you fall for anything. And I, you know, in this moment, I'm actually not, I'm not standing in judgment of people making different choices. What I trust is they're making choices that are in alignment with their values and their deeper intention. And I am making those that are in alignment with, with mine, you know, but if, if you have no sense of, of rootedness or groundedness, like any way the wind blows, you're just like, okay, now I'm going to go over that. Or they said, do that. So now I'm going to go over here. Or, well, they're doing that. What about if I do that? Or don't, you know, like, so, you know, it's like, what ground are you standing on? And what is your why? Can you, you have to, anchor, in moments like what we're in, you know, May 2020, um, well, maybe, I don't know. You want to edit the date out? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay. They may be Lizzie just at another later date. Yeah. That's fine. But, you know, to give context for, like, we're in this global pandemic where there's so much uncertainty and people feel very ungrounded, you know, what I've been reminding people of in the spaces I hold virtually and in my teachings is our sense of um, groundedness and safety and all those things, they can't be reliant on external fact, external things or factors, right? If, if nothing else had told us that, this moment tells us that, like if your sense of safety is coming, you're, you're waiting for some external force to tell you what that is, like we're gonna be, you're in, you're in trouble. And so like in this moment, I'm just being guided by, a deeper sense and I'm listening and I'm paying attention and <laughs> I'm listening inwardly and I'm paying attention and and I'm also noticing things like data points you know I'm like well those numbers are not going down <laughs> yeah they do not support xyz yeah. yeah 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 so let, let me ask you this Octavia because I let me bring it back for a second because I got too excited talking I know about the president, <laughs> right? so let me bring it back for a second so, okay, you are, you know, you have the academic credentials and training of a professional writer. You have done numerous yoga trainings. You also mentor people virtually, well, maybe in person prior to the circumstances, but virtually. And, and I'm sure that there are people who you don't charge for mentorship that will would call you a mentor. And mm-hmm. I'm trying to know some of them. Um, so my question to you is before all this was, was written, right? And you were a little girl or a teenager or a young woman. How did you find your way towards this sort of perfect um, union of, of, of purposeful activities that are allowing you to live in your truth and to really honor that space of deep love that really drives you in your work? You know, well, I'll say that I'm, um, I'll say that I believe we are all like everything we all have ever done, right? Is pointing us toward our dharma or greater purpose um, if we are paying attention. And um, what I think I've always paid attention to is what 
makes me feel alive, um, what makes me feel inspired, and what um, feels like a sense of good, doing good and being of service in the world beyond being of service only to myself, <laughs> right? And, mm-hmm. and I haven't always been on some really um, clearly defined path toward those things, right? I've actually discovered what makes me come alive by being (laughs) in places, situations, relationships, and things that did not do that, right? Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. and, you know, so one thing that I've I've always loved, pen and paper and stories and writing and storytelling and listening, you know, like I've always loved um, telling stories and listening to people's stories and when I was a little girl trying to eavesdrop on the stories of my aunties and my mamas you know and and so that's always been with me and growing up you know a, a black girl in the rural south I learned early on or I internalized early on the education um for me and in this land, in this country, was was a passport to freedom, <laughs> you know, to, mm-hmm. to more access. And um and and so I knew that, you know, my my mom, one of the first stories of black history I remember really taking to heart as a young girl was learning that it was illegal <clears throat> for us to read and write. And trying to turn it over in my little four or five year old mind, like, why would it be illegal for someone to read and write? <laughs> you know, A, it instilled upon me to never um, waste those gifts. And B, it's part of how I started to realize, oh, that's a pathway to freedom. And so teaching to me also just has always plugged into that awareness of teaching and educating is a a pathway to individual uh, freedom and collective freedom. Um, Mm. And so my, my paths merging, I didn't set out for them to merge, (laughs) you know, (laughs) what I've been doing is, is, one step at a time, which is all we really can do. And then, um, as I as I've walked my path, the path be- has become clearer, right? You know, it's like I'm not following a pre-made path, right? Because if I were, I would be like, well, this isn't my path. That belongs to someone else. It's already made, right? Um, but I do have compasses and guides. I have teachers and mentors. And just along the way, I've been like, okay, so here's a step. I love language. Here's another step. I love communication and um, people and and being of service and being in deeper relationship with people. And And I've had moments where I've been disconnected to some part of those loves. And I've always because I know what the vibration of love feels like, been able to navigate myself back to a place where it's like this, I'm doing this thing that mm. that is, is my deeper love. And so I think, um, you know, I mentor in my mentor group right now, there's a woman who's in corporate America doing very specific work 
in human resources and what I know for sure, you know, and she also now is like really into yoga and meditation. And then she's also a life coach. And then she also has gone through a lot of her own personal grief. And so she's really interested in how to hold space for herself and other people. And what Mm -hmm. I know for sure is that right now it might look all very um, kind of tangled up and like, how does all of this fit together? But I know for sure that there's a way that it fits together. You know, that, that everything we've gone through in life is preparing us, you know, to be more um, anchored in our path and on our own journey. So, you know, you used the word perfect and mine might seem to melt together perfectly. But it's also, <laughs> like, it also is just like, um, you know, teaching is teaching. And what I realized when I left the classroom, because I was a public school teacher, um, that I really couldn't leave teaching no matter what. Now I teach yoga, right? Like I, right. I, I teach, I'm a student and, and then I'm a teacher. And so um, I don't think I made the pieces fit together. <laughs> just fit. Yeah, they just kind of navigated towards yeah. each other. You know, and like any person, right? If you, I had to be awake and aware of my various skill sets and my various talents and I think it's also very hard to leave some part of you out of the whole. And so, um, you know, I bring my whole self to the table and I bring the skills to the table and the talents and gifts to the table um, from field to field or seemingly from profession to profession. Right. Yeah. And I want to just, stop you again because I'm furiously writing things down like oh my god this um so a couple of things that you said that I just want to touch on one man if y'all didn't hear this woman just testify and said that she learned about where she needed to be and what she wanted to do from the experiences that taught her what she didn't want (laughs) y'all gonna need to run it back and listen again because there's so much knowledge and, and, and important data that comes from mm-hmm. that, that, you know, and, and I don't know if you've seen this, Octavia, tell me, you know, because you are in the field and you see a lot of different people, a lot of different ages, you know, there is a tendency um, amongst human beings, especially westernized human beings, to want to get to the end without running the race. Yeah, to skip process. And, Right. And what Octavia just said was, that's impossible. You can't do that. (laughs) Because it's the process that actually helps to hone and develop and evolve, not just what you're looking for, but who you are so that you're better suited to truly step into your power and live your dharma. So that's one thing she said that I was like, whoa, got to highlight that. Mm -hmm. Another thing that she said was, you know, she is always also a student and that she has also mentors and teachers that she trusts. Listen to that, humans, because at no point do we get so big and knowledgeable and expert that there is nothing else we can learn and that there's no one else that knows more than us because that's not true. (laughs) So the fact that Octavia, who is, is very quick to let you know, you know, in terms of uh, of her expertise, and she's very good at it, what it is, she also is very quick to be like, yeah, and I got people that hold me down. 
and she honors them and talks about them. If you go to her website, she will she <laughs> talks about them on her website. Yeah. So this isn't just her paying lip service for y'all listening. Um, the other thing she said, oh gosh, two more things that you said that I was like, Lord, so good. The other thing she said was that she was familiar with the vibration of love. Okay. How many of y'all, oh, that just gave me goosebumps because there's so many people that are not connected with the vibration of love. And that doesn't mean that they're hateful or they're bad people. It just means that they haven't had occasion or they haven't taken the time or, or known that they needed to get really acquainted with what that vibration feels like to them mm-hmm. right because if they don't have that it's almost like you don't you're a Pinocchio without a Jiminy Cricket <laughs> and if y'all don't get that <laughs> reference I'm older than you no but uh, it means that we all need that sort of internal compass that can can go off and be like, hey, hey, this way, you know, and and kind of help to guide us when our intellect and our ego and the external influences are maybe distracting or getting in the way. And then the last thing that I want to highlight that she said that, you know, really kind of is going to take us to the next phase of our conversation is that, you know, oftentimes things appear and they can seem very tangled, and disconnected but when we get really down to the business of it and we really start to untangle them and understand ourselves and what is before us they like a reverse pangea bam come together and you end up with like an octavia rahim (laughs) who is is taking these different things that seemingly someone was like, well, how does that go together? And has been able to bring them together in such a way that it seems like how couldn't they go together? Mm-hmm. So y'all, I mean, if you're like, when did she say that? Again, <laughs> rewind. Put, turn the TV off. Stop texting your friend and listen to what the woman is saying because she is dropping hella knowledge. So, okay. Now, I want to I wanna kind of come into this untangling because, you know, something that you said um, got me on your social media a, a while ago, and I reposted it because I really felt it deeply in my spirit, not just as a yogi and as a yoga teacher, but just as a human being. Um, and you were like, I am not everyone's yoga teacher. I am not for everybody, and that's okay. And, you know, people who know and follow Amanda Seals, she has kind of a, a similar thing. Like, I'm not everybody's comic. Like, you're going to think I'm funny or not. Like, mm-hmm. this is it. And there's something so powerful by by recognizing that not everyone is your audience and taking ownership of that, that gives your specific message and the message of anyone that does that so much more resonance. Mm-hmm. Can you speak? Can you speak to that? You know why? Why you are you know emboldened? Why you've made the choice to do that? Because some people might say, "Well, ooh, you know, like don't, you don't want to be thought of as like aggressive or turn people off and blah blah blah." You know, to play devil's advocate. Oh, so, you know um, what I also think about is I know I am not everyone's yoga teacher. And I also believe there is a teacher for everyone. 
Right. And and that is also where I can have the um, spaciousness to say that with all love and compassion that I may not be your teacher, but someone else may be. Right. And you and just on the practicality of it, I teach restorative yoga. I teach yin. I teach empowered wisdom, yoga nidra. I teach all those things as they were taught to me by my teacher, Tracy Stanley and Shanti Takarante Perez and Dr. Gail Parker. You know, I teach those things and those are specific. If someone, if the practice that they want and need is um, yoga to cultivate a stronger core, they, they need that teacher. Right? And that is not what I'm teaching. Right. So, and, right, and so right. For me, part of it is like, because I'm really into how do I, you know, you can go wide or you can go deep and some people do both. You know, I've always been really interested in like, how do I guide deeper and build deeper relationships with people and again, if, if you don't want that kind of experience or that kind of um, engagement with your teacher or within a yoga community, you need a different kind of space, right? And, right, because they will yeah, be seen yeah. when they come and, into and your like, class. And, and <laughs> how I come to, came to that is that in my, yeah, 17 years of practicing yoga and my then 14 years of teaching it, I have been a lot of different kinds of students and I've been a lot of different kinds of teachers. And so we evolve, right? And and for me, it's also just like honoring that evolution and growth happen. And that sometimes, you know, we we outgrow each other on the teacher and student side, or we grow beyond the space we started together are, you know, something changes. And so um, I think there are a lot of ways that we can zoom in on who we are teaching, what we are teaching. And then it also comes back to our why. Some people are going to really resonate with our intention and how we bring that forward. And some people are not going to. I do think it's um, when I first started out, it would have been more terrifying to just... (laughs) zoom in and name what I'm doing. Go, I'm a restorative yoga teacher. I teach this or whatever it is because, you know, if I'm operating in scarcity mindset, I'm like, well, I got to be all things to everybody. But the truth is no one's all things to everybody. And the people trying are nothing to themselves. You know what I'm saying? So, Mm -hmm. and so that's, um, (laughs) and ultimately I feel like it has, it has saved me energy you know, just to be like, here's here's what I do. Even at Sacred Chill, right? On the door, it says sacred and it says chill. <laughs> yeah, like you not coming here. For no, power and flow. you know the thing, when people, when people come <laughs> and they go, oh, I wanted more movement, I am so happy and gracious to recommend them to my friends up the street who that is what they do, you know, and that is what they do very well and what they've devoted their life to doing and what they can deliver at a level that I can't deliver because that's not what I've devoted my energy, time or life force to, you know, and so that is um, like the first time I was sitting at my desk in my studio and someone said, but I want to do this thing. There's this little moment of insecurity where I was like, well, maybe I should do that thing. <laughs> and I was like, but you literally don't do that thing like that's you would fumble you would be um 
impostering. Like, you know, you'd be, or you'd have to go mm-hmm. exert all this effort to go uh, pretend like you could do that thing. Or you could tell this person where they can actually access what they clearly said to you, you know? And so just to circle it back, I, I'm not everyone's yoga teacher. And I know there's a yoga teacher for everyone, for everyone out there, you know. And then another thing that just in now almost two decades of being engaging in yoga spaces, you know, I'm like, when I started practicing yoga four years, I was the only black woman in the room, you know, and Mm -hmm. and I know what that felt like. And I also know how. I essentially decided for myself that like, I want yoga, like I want to learn <laughs> yoga. And so even my discomfort when I walk in a room and I'm like, I'm the only one in here, you know, I would put my mat down and just be like, I'm here for yoga. And I also know that being the only one are feeling like people are looking at you or you know, the teacher says white knuckle grip, and then you look at your hands and you go, well, my knuckles don't get why, well, you know, all of these little microwaves that you, you hear and feel excluded. I'm like, that will keep many, many people from ever practicing, right? You know, and so when I completed or started my teacher training in, God, was that 2006? It's 2006, somewhere around there. I was looking back at my application recently, and on the application, I said, I'm doing this for for my sister and my mother and all the women like me who, if I'm not the teacher in the room, they might not ever feel safe or confident enough to walk into that room, you know? Um, And that brings it back to what you said at the way beginning of this, which is just a path of freedom and empowering people through, oh, I just got goosebumps, um, and empowering people through this, this new communication style where you're using your body and your mind to communicate with something greater Mm -hmm. than yourself, um, that is really healing um especially for our community and so that kind of brings me to my next kind of question in this I can't believe we're almost already (laughs) done with this with our time I'm like what I'm gonna have to have you back on um you know as a as a woman of color you know you just mentioned the reasons why you you know started teaching yoga why you have you know created the retreats that you have while you've created the sacred space and you know we're living in a pretty Mm -hmm. crazy time um a lot of heinous things are happening to people of color Mm -hmm. still and you know it's hard for our community to find spaces where we can be mm-hmm. vulnerable, where we can feel safe and where we can really like be hurt and, and grieve a lot mm-hmm. of what's happening. Yet I see you making a lot of different efforts to let people know mm-hmm. that it's okay to create those spaces to feel those feelings to be in that experience and I'm wondering if you can speak a little bit to to that because you know a lot of people think well if I'm not a an activist or if I'm not a therapist or if I'm not 
you know, in the mental health field, then I can't really hold space or create space or empower people going through those experiences, yet you do it so well. So I'm curious if you can give us uh, listeners a little bit of insight into how you, you know, you prepare yourself for that work and what goes into that. You know, well, you know, yoga teachings, not therapy. (laughs) Like, I'm not a therapist. I'm not a mental health counselor and I'm, I've long been aware. I remember I taught a class years ago, the first time someone started crying and I said, oh, this is, you know, we go too fast. You know, <laughs> like you do a back bend and now you crying, you know, like you're laying in Shavasana, you finally have a moment to be still, you have a memory and now something else is happening completely unexpected. And so because of that, I learned early on that to, to stay in community, allyship and alignment with therapists and psychologists and mental health practitioners that I can always refer people to. So I'm always, you know, like I'm, <laughs> that's always in my back pocket, you know, it's, or it's like, I, I lead with that. I don't, there are places that I'm like, when people go there, I'm like, well, I, I'm gonna, we're gonna shift to another professional for this. And I'm also not not afraid, right? When I'm teaching yoga, I'm not right. I'm not I'm not afraid. And um, one thing I believe is that we can honorably and safely guide people into places or through places that we are not in practice of ourselves that we where we haven't done our own work you know like I do a lot of my own work around grieving (laughs) you know um I'm not I'm not saying to people Mm -hmm. go feel all your feelings and then not feeling my own (laughs) or not or not being in my right that support that you know amen are not processing things with a therapist or my team you know like that's and so that's that's part of it is um, I am teaching from from my own practice a lot of times, right? You know, teaching from the places that I'm I have processed or navigated through. Now I don't bring teachings to people when I'm in the thick of it. You know, like my dad passed away a few years ago. I'm I'm not sitting teaching about grief, you know, in the midst of my own grief because then mm-hmm. I'm just projecting that energy toward my like I'm I'm passing that energy to someone else you know and so I think um teachers are people who consider themselves healers who aren't doing their own work that's actually I'm like that's a dangerous place right? like that's, you know? it really is it no it really is and I'm gonna say it louder for people in the back if you are listening to this show right now and you are someone who is called to to healing work to being a a yoga teacher a reiki master acupuncturist a chiropractor whatever that deals with healing and working with people energetically emotionally or mentally it is imperative and critical that you be doing your own work and that you have engaged in that work before you do it it's like it's like anything. You don't want to get a mechanic that ain't mm-hmm. never worked on a car. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or a, a surgeon that ain't never not even opened up a single cadaver to look at what mm-hmm. they're about to operate on you. And that's not to say 
you know, for those of you, this is not to say that, oh, if you can't quantify Mm. your lived experiences, Mm -hmm. you have nothing to say. That's not what we're saying. What we're saying is that you have to really sit in earnest Mm. and reflect on your lived experience. And if they really lend themselves to the education of others after you've already processed them and integrated Mm -hmm, them, mm -hmm, share mm -hmm. them. You know, so man, I think I'm definitely gonna have you back on. So I, I, you know, that's the only way I'm gonna allow myself to to bring this to a close right now. Um, and you've shared so many amazing things with the listeners that, regardless of whether they're a career professional and just figuring out how to come back to themselves, or if they're someone in the healing arts, or if they're just you know, someone that's feeling a little lost right now. You've given them a lot to work with. Um, Before we conclude, I want to give you an opportunity real quick to talk about your new book that is available and will be available at the time that they're hearing this called Gather. Can you tell us a little bit about it? So Gather is a book of um, poetry, prose, inspiration, Um, And essentially, I wrote Gather out of my own practices of stillness, right? You know, like I conceived this idea, I'm going to write a book. (laughs) And then at the same time, it was the rest. You know, you're going to write that book because you get so still, you get so rested, you get clear and quiet enough to hear the messages that need to come forward. And so Gather is a place where messages from my yoga nidra practice, my meditation practice have come forward. And it's, it's a book where you, you'll read an insight or a piece of wisdom. And then I have questions for inquiry. And then I have spaces in it for journaling. And I hope the book feels like um, what a class or a retreat or an immersion feel like, you know, when, when we're together in person, you know, and so that's my hope. And I'm excited for that to be um, accessible and available to people. Um, But what I want people to really know is that Gather was written from a place of, um, of softness and surrender. I couldn't force it or it wouldn't be here. Um, Mm. And isn't that so apropos right now when we're all, no, seriously, when we're all learning that there's great yeah. power and vulnerability, that we sometimes are yeah. stronger when we're softer, and that stillness mm-hmm. can be a superpower. Yeah. yeah. So exciting. Well, y'all, you better go out there. And get, you Not better. You need to go out there and get it because, you know, there's a, there's some of you listening right now that were just hoping that that's what she was going to say the book was about because y'all just want to reflect. I know it. So before we let you go, Octavia, because you know I would try to keep you on another however long, um, indefinitely. Um, but before we go, if there's been someone who's listening and is like, man, this, you know, everything she said resonates with me so much. I really appreciate her journey and everything that she shared and like the 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 intuitiveness of it and and the guidance and they're like man I just want to like I really want to emulate Octavia like I really want to to kind of like 
reverse engineer some of that good juju that she has going on <laughs> there so I could win life too. What would be like one last I piece love of that advice I can you win life too. Um, <clears throat> start where you are and listen from where you are. Um, and don't want to emulate me set out to be your best highest most authentic self get really curious about who you're here to be and then be relentless about um making sure that that is fulfilled and relentless doesn't mean you grind and hustle to the end it just means um no weapon formed against you prospers right and that you don't let nothing or nobody turn you around, including your your small self, um, your old patterned self, um, or the self you're gonna outgrow as you set forth to to do your own big things, you know, within your family, life, the world. So that's that's what I would say. You hear that, y'all? <laughs> Set out to know who you are. Be inspired. Be brave. Don't be afraid. And and really yeah. be anchored in the deepness of that knowing. So thank you, Octavia, again for being on the show. It was so amazing. I know that the listeners have really gained a lot. And we'll be rewinding a lot of parts be like wait was that yeah that is what she said um and until you uh, uh until next time <laughs> y'all good health care